listening to a podcast from the Cinema Geekly Podcast Network. We're the geeks you deserve and the ones you need right now. I don't know what to tell you. I said like 500 times already. I have no idea where he is. Don't know where he's headed either. North, south, west, east, Mexico, the moon. I don't have a clue. But yo, even if I did, who wouldn't tell you? Because I've been watching the news, same as everybody else. I've seen that little cage of his they kept him in. I heard about what all they did to him to make sure he kept cooking. So sorry. I don't know what to tell you. No way I'm helping you people put Jesse Pinkman back inside a cage. Brand new episode of Better Talk Saul, Cinema Geekly's Better Call Saul podcast. It's Anthony Lewis and Glenn Beauvais, and we're back to not talk about Saul. Glenn, we got surprised. <laughs> uh, we're, we're still in hibernation, waiting for Saul to return. But I think in February is when they said. Yeah, so in the meantime, we're just waiting and waiting and waiting, and we knew <laughs> that there was this talk about making a Breaking Bad movie like we knew that yeah, in January we heard that they were gonna make one yeah and then Not that he had written a script and that it was finished and that they were filming uh but that yes. they were gonna make it because then out of the blue they're just like hey here's this movie El Camino a Breaking Bad movie uh here's a trailer for it oh also it's done and also it's gonna be premiering in a couple of weeks on Netflix so uh, that was stunning. The movie was released on the uh, 11th, like five days ago. Uh, we both watched it, and we are here to talk about El Camino, a Breaking Bad movie. Uh, and this thing was a full-on two-hour movie, uh, and fully done, of course, by Vince Gilligan himself. And this is about the direct aftermath of the series finale of Breaking Bad. We find out... Ex- exactly just what happened uh to jesse pinkman shortly uh after walt uh basically allowed him to uh escape in an el camino and we uh we kind of follow it from there and this uh this movie also has a lot of flashbacks uh and by flashbacks i mean flashbacks to things we never saw on the show these were brand new shot uh scenes but with characters from the from the show uh like we start with um you know jonathan banks is in like the first shot of this um and i'm like oh okay so we're gonna get this sort of thing and so of course throughout the movie uh we get um jesse plemons for like a long stretch of time uh and we get uh obviously we get brian cranston as as walt white for uh, a scene and Christian Ritter returns for a very brief scene. But outside of the flashbacks, the flashbacks are usually tying into something that's happening in the present. And the story of El Camino, Glenn, is a really simple one. It's uh, Jesse uh, knows that uh, Todd, uh, Jesse Plemons' character, has some money stashed away 
and he wants to get that money. And I can't remember for the life of me, the owner of the, the carpet cleaner, um, like his character's name, uh, obviously the actor just passed away, but I can't remember the name of his character. I know he's got, yeah, the vacuum cleaner store. Yeah. I can't remember his name either, but Jesse's goal is to get money, go to that guy and have him, you know, create a new identity and get him out, um, get him out of Arizona. They're in Arizona, right? New Mexico. New, New Mexico, of course. How? Why am I thinking Arizona? Um, to get him out of New Mexico. Uh, and that's the story, really. There's not get like... Get to Alaska. Yeah, it's Jesse wants to get out of New Mexico and go to Alaska to escape, which he ultimately does. Uh, but, like, that's as deep as the story goes. There's twists and turns as to, like, you know, how he gets... Uh, how he finally gets to that destination... But it's not deep. It's not, you know, a crazy wild ride. It's Breaking Bad. Uh, which, you know, can be a crazy wild ride. But the thing I loved most about this movie... I don't know if this is something you picked up on. But we've talked about the pattern that Vince Gilligan does in his television shows. He did this in Breaking Bad. He's done it even more in Better Call Saul. But like a Vince Gilliganism that I've come to love is that he doesn't do a big series, like a big season ending episode. He does like a big season ending episode, the episode before, or sometimes even two episodes before. And the actual end of the season is way more laid back than you'd think. You, at times you're, we're like, that's the end of the season. What a weird way to go out. Like the big episode felt like it was a couple episodes back. Uh, and, of course, the series finale of Breaking Bad had to be a big episode. It's the end of the show. So you can't... He couldn't do his traditional Vince Gilligan ending. It had to be, like, a big spectacle of things. And to me, El Camino felt like the perfect cap. Like, he followed up the big spectacular ending with kind of a laid-back epilogue for the most part. Uh, nothing particularly fancy, a pretty straightforward story, but done in, to me, the perfect Vince Gilligan, the way he does everything. I thought it was really good, but what did you think of El Camino, Glenn? Uh, I loved it. Uh, I only watched the teaser, and that was because I didn't know it was really the Breaking Bad. I only saw the El Camino part. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, "What's the El Camino thing?" Mm-hmm. And then you know, you see Skinny Pete. I'm like, "Why does that guy look so familiar?" And then as soon as he says, "You know, you know," they see what they put Jesse Pinkman in a cage. You think I'm going to help you put him back in? And I was just like, "Oh my god, it's right. that Breaking Bad movie that they were talking about." Yes, you know, and I'm thinking like, "Oh, this is going to come out next year." And then it's like, "Oh, it comes out in four weeks." Like, "Oh, what?" <laughs> like, uh, <laughs> "Okay." And I deliberately, I never, I didn't read a single thing. I didn't try and look up anything. I didn't watch the other trailers. I was in the dark as I could possibly be uh, going into this movie. Uh, And I'm glad that before it started, I tried to temper expectations. I'm like, look, they made this movie in secret. Don't think of it. It's going to be big and you know, bombastic, like trying to think it's going to probably be just like Breaking Bad, the show. Like there might be a couple of big moments just because the runtime, but this is going to be a smaller thing. Don't try and build this up in your head. 
Mm-hmm. And I'm glad I did that. Uh, I mean, I think I still would have loved it, but uh, yeah, no, it just it felt like a long episode of Breaking Bad. Yep. Uh, and Aaron Paul was amazing in it. I thought he was fantastic. Yep. And the the whole setup with Badger and Skinny Pete, you know, oh. and, you're, and it's not just that you're seeing callbacks to have callbacks. I mean, to a certain extent, there is one. The Kristen Ritter one, I thought was. Uh, like that was probably my least favorite thing. I, I get it, but it's kind of like I mean, you're making this whole big deal about Brock. I thought you also loved his mom, so I don't, that was kind of weird to me. Mm-hmm. Unless it's like, well, Kristen Ritter died because of Walt, so that's like, you know, she was cut short because of Walt, not something that you know the crazy Nazi psychopaths did. Yeah. Um. But oh, like I love the whole beginning part of him. You know, he's in the car driving away. I mean, immediately picking up where it ended. And, yep. uh, you know, anytime you get to see Mike is great. Oh. Which is they had that talk right before Mike gets killed by Walt. Uh, Walt. Yep. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's just like all oh, just attention of like all those cops going by. <laughs> like anytime he's uh, in the car and there were cops and it's just like, oh, my God. So <laughs> like, I can't even imagine. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, being like that, but no, he goes there and it, like the whole, even the whole thing with like getting rid of the El Camino and like Skippy's like, oh, just leave it here. Yeah, uh, it's I'll like, just look, t- they already know you're here. Uh, I'll so. just tell them we traded cars or whatever. And yeah, he's like, you're my hero, and it's like, oh man. Yeah, I, I thought this was like Breaking Bad excellence. This felt like, like you said, like an extended Breaking Bad episode, and I think some people. I don't know if they just forgot the things, the little things that made Breaking Bad great. Maybe they're not watching Better Call Saul because we see it every time we watch that show. Yeah. Like Gilligan does the little things so good. And I I just saw Gilliganisms like throughout this. The scene well, I where. Mean, like when he's taking the shower, like it's not just, you know, you really, yeah, you'll see dirt and crime. But it's like. The, when you realize that he has his back to the shower and it's like, I bet that's just human shit just coming mm-hmm. off of him like it that it's it's that kind of just griminess little things like that you can do yeah. where it's just like oh that's not dirt that's just got to be feces or like I, like the i have one nitpick about this uh and it's really something they couldn't really do a whole lot about but jesse plemons doesn't look anything like how he looked when the season yeah yeah, yeah yes he's definitely put on some pounds he, since he's, then. he's put on weight and did not lose any of them for this role which you know whatever i i'm not saying i'm just saying it's a nitpick it's something that stands out but that being said you tend to forget about that because he slips right back into todd so well and so many of like the Gilliganisms that I loved, like are a part of like the Todd character, like the, uh, the way that he just weaves in dialogue that just sounds so real. Like it just, it doesn't feel like dialogue written for a television show. It kind of sounds like how people just talk. And there's like a, a moment that just felt so breaking bad, better call Saul to me where he's, pulls Jesse out of his cage to like help him do this thing. It's this whole long elaborate thing about a housekeeper he killed because she found his money. Um, and this is like a way to introduce to you that, you know, we know that Jesse knows about this money. So it makes sense when he goes back to Todd's now cordoned off apartment to look for it. But there's a specific scene where he wants Jesse's help with putting a hatchback on the El Camino (laughs) where he's just like, you want to go side? Like, 
do a sideways, like a side to side thing, or do you want to just like just talking about the minutia of how they're going to put on the hatchback? But the reason why he wants the hatchback on there is so he can transport the dead lady. The dead lady. Uh, it just all of it is so good and it just works so well. Uh, it's those... he is so terrifying. Like Todd is yes, because he's so he feels so aloof to everything. <laughs> And maybe but he's he not is, like but... he's always he's always in control too. Yeah. Like it's not like he can come across as dumb and not paying attention, but like mm-hmm. he just does things so matter of fact. Like the kid with the dirt bike, he had to kill him because the kid would have run off and told everybody. I mean, that's yeah. like for him, he doesn't look at anything past yeah. that. Just he's just like, oh man, I didn't want to do it, but you know, like... yeah, she was a nice, nice lady. You know, good people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> To me, and to me, the greatest Gilliganism in this in this movie um, is a thing that we've seen him, uh, uh, you know, deploy in Better Call Saul, which is the the this is really tense. Why do I feel so tense? I know what the outcome is, and it's for me. It was the scene where they're uh, they're in the desert. And uh, it's after they've buried the the lady and he sends Jesse to go get a a pack of cigarettes and he sees that Todd has been dumb and left a handgun in the glove compartment and he takes the gun out and he just wants to escape. And, uh, you know, he's pointing the gun at Todd and Todd is trying to defuse it in the most Todd fucking way possible. I was thinking about getting us pizza. A couple large pies. You know, what kind of what kind of pizza do you like, Jesse? Uh, pepperoni? Oh, classic, classic. Yeah, we could do a pepperoni. That's a classic. Like, it's it, the team. The scene is so tense. Like, is he gonna fucking shoot this guy? And I can't believe I'm even thinking it because, yeah. If you even if you don't remember the show, if you watch the because before the movie starts, you have the option to watching like a previously on Breaking Bad thing where they show you Jesse killing Todd, <laughs> so you know he doesn't kill him here. But he just constructs these scenes so fantastically, and the acting you're is so good. for Jesse to do it. Like, yeah, I know he's yeah. not going to do it because I know this isn't how Todd dies. But still, regardless, I was invested in that scene nonetheless. Uh, yeah, I just I know there's some people who are like this movie, like nothing happened in it, like it was there was like nothing to it. But sometimes that's I don't know. Sometimes those are the parts of Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul that I love the the most. It's not necessarily that anything, uh, you know, stop the presses happened. Uh, it's just about the the quality, the writing, the the story that they do tell is so well done, and everything is so well crafted. Uh, it just all worked for me. I I love this movie. I thought this was yeah. an excellent companion. Like it doesn't. You don't need to see it uh, if you finish Breaking Bad. But if you do see it, it doesn't in any way diminish Breaking Bad. It yeah. adds a little bit to it. Um, I, like I just better call Saul. Like it's yes. You know, we talk about um, on Better Call Saul is like, you know, essentially things you learn about Gus. Like they work either way. If you watch the show first and then went the Breaking Bad, like. It works either way. Yeah, I don't think and, anything. Uh, I don't think anything in particular happened in this movie, though, that tied it to Better Call Saul. I know that there were some people who said that there might be some sort of 
like it might have some sort of play to do with that, but I didn't find that it really did. Uh, no, no, and, it, and uh, but I just mean like in in the way that you talk about how the way Gilligan writes stuff is just you you learn other things, you know. Because again, not, not only is that scene super tense, you're like Jesse just killed the son of a bitch, mm-hmm. uh, but it's like oh, you know that Jesse's broken to such a point. And I was trying to remember, I was like, I don't, I think besides Todd, I don't think Jesse's ever killed anybody directly. And then I was remembered he, he has killed one other person. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's why, you know, again, then you have the, the standoff with uh, Candy. And it's just like, you know, those kills and the way that's done is so well. Because again, like you don't, it establishes like you don't, Jesse doesn't normally kill. He's not like, a it killer. doesn't, yeah. Yeah. He's a good guy. Uh, out of all these characters that we've seen, you know, with Walter and, you know, what we're really realizing with Saul now is they are not good people. They are not redeemable. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, like we talked about with the finale, just felt so bamboozled because I've been rooting for this guy and you're like, son of a bitch, I fell for it, just like everybody else. Yeah. And, uh, and but that's the thing is like Jesse was always a decent person. It's mm-hmm. just he got caught up in the wrong crowd, the wrong circumstance. But ultimately, he was always a good guy. Yeah. And um, and yeah, you know, and it, I hate the, the the if the if your critique ends and and starts with, well, this wasn't necessary. Well, then like no shit. Like <laughs> I don't hypothetically, no sequels or prequels are ever necessary. But yeah. No movie is it good that it diminished anything? No, it didn't diminish anything, so yes, it's fine. Like, if it was bad, then yeah, I could say that uh, this is so unnecessary, they ruined it, blah, blah, blah. But, like, we trust Gilligan at this point. Like, he knows these characters. He knows this world. I mean, Um, to me... Fuck, if they wanted to make a show about candy welding and me learn about those guys, like, I would watch the shit out of that show. To me, at this point, Gilligan, in this universe, is infallible. Like... Everything he's King Midas. Everything he touches turns to gold. When it comes to this world that he's created, uh, I just he knows it so well. Like, I mean, obviously you you would if you created it, but um, you know, I think it's one thing to create the world and know it, and it's another thing to be able to bring it to life. Uh, and yeah, it's just tremendous. Like it, it just it felt like a uh, it fit like a glove. I thought it was just super well made. I, I'm not even sure how many more superlatives I can I can give this thing. I, I just thought it was excellent. I, I don't think it was perfect. Um Yeah, you know, I'm it's but you know, I'm like straying into intangibles. Um like I, I couldn't put my finger on what would have made it perfect, but like my my brain knows that there's it's not. Uh, so the, like there's intangibles there. So I didn't give it a five, but I came very close. Yeah. I well, I mean like the, you know, we talk about how he passed away at Robert Forrester, but like yes. when he's in the vacuum cleaner thing, just trying to give him money and it, like, you know, and Jesse, he isn't wrong when he calls him out on his shit. Uh, he yeah. is wrong in what he calls him out on, but he isn't wrong in that. The guy does have a code. He had, you know, his word is his bond. You know, whenever mm-hmm. the cops show up, he's like, "Yeah, six five has an insect tattoo right here." Went northbound about thirty seconds ago. He's on the street, uh, on foot. Yeah, he yeah. covered and for Jesse. Like, yeah, yeah, he covered for him. He just, you know, don't be an asshole to my work. You know, and it's, uh, 
And then the, but my biggest thing was like whenever he hands him the letter to Brock and he, you know, he's got to verify and make sure it doesn't give anything away. And he's just like, oh, my God. Like, you know, I don't need to know what's in that letter because whatever it is, it's heartfelt. It's yeah. sad. There's a twinge of emotion in it when he's like, seal this up. Uh, and then yeah. he says he'll he's going to Mexico City in a couple weeks and he'll mail it from there. You know, of course, to throw people off of the yeah Jesse's scent, of course. Um, yeah, it's just good. So good. But yeah, the movie just ends with him getting a new identity and going to Alaska to start a new life. Yeah. Uh, and that, and like, that's it. Like nothing crazy. No master revelation. No, you know, Walt's not really dead. No big surprise or twist. It was just a happy cap to the breaking bad story. And it was nice to see, early walter with jesse again like that was yeah i thought that was know, a great scene. all this shit really happened yeah i thought that was a great scene as well and it um you know and those two are so good it felt like something that hit the cutting room floor from one of the earlier seasons like it yeah. just it felt like a genuine authentic scene that they just slipped into like that had to have been like one day of shooting like it, it's just one scene like, I can't imagine, like, they spent weeks crafting this. Maybe they did, yeah. but it doesn't feel like it. Um, you know, it feels like he was there for a day. Um, you know, it felt like Mike was there for a day. It felt like, you know, Christian Ritter was there for a day. Um, you know, Jesse Plemons, I think, longer because he spent much more time yeah, with him. He's probably there a couple of weeks because he's in a different couple of different locations. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they spent they spent much more time. Uh you know, I I thought the I mean the the weirdest scene is like the candy welding scene where the dude's high on coke and he's like, you know, because Jesse's like shy, like eighteen hundred bucks to go on the you know mm-hmm. to get his his life changed, and he just goes to the guys who were you know in the scene with him where he gets the money. They were posing as police officers, and that whole scene was great as well and very tense, and that was a nice twist that they weren't actually police officers. Um, but, you know, the one dude is high off of his ass on coke, and he's just like, I'll tell you what, like, you know, we'll have, like, a standoff, like, in the Old West for it. And he's like, if you win, you get <laughs> my money. you 22 versus my 45. Five, yeah. Uh, and then Jesse kills him. Uh, and then, yeah, has to very clumsily kill the other guy. And then, you know, does takes the other guy's driver's licenses and does the old, I know where you live. So if you tell on me, I'm coming after you deal. Uh, that might have been the uh, weirdest scene. I love scene, how, but... like, during that whole sequence, there's the one guy that has the mirror that they're doing cocaine off of, and yeah. he's just holding it the whole time, like, to his chest. Yes. Like, <laughs> Don't take it, man. Covered in blow. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, I uh, um, there's a lot to love about this movie. And you're right about Aaron Paul. I, I don't see him in too much. So I don't know how he is outside of Breaking Bad, but I thought he was excellent in this movie. Uh, I thought he was just tremendous. Uh, any other final thoughts on El Camino, Glenn? And uh, what would you give it? Out of curiosity. Well, I mean... Like a four... Borders. Not, not quite a five. Uh, one other thing about that candy scene I loved was... You definitely felt like Jesse was thinking about just robbing the bouncer guy because yeah. it's like, oh, he got eight hundred up front. He's got another probably a couple thousand on him. Yeah, oh, there's a lot less guys, but it's like, no, 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 I can't, can't do that. That's 
that'd be wrong. Yeah. So he just waits it out, you know, and uh, yeah, again, you know, the the little the little things that Gilligan does to to characters. Yeah, tremendous character builder. Yeah, I um, I also gave this four and three quarters. Uh, just tremendous. Just a so happy. I'm glad I watched this. It makes me want to go back and watch Breaking Bad all over again. I know. I can't. It's almost like I kind of can't wait for Better Call Saul to come to official end, just so I can rewatch Breaking Bad. I mean, I know we talked about doing it. Like once Saul yeah. is done, like we'll go back and then go through Breaking Bad again. Like I've not watched it since my first time watching it. So yeah, me too. So this would be like a nice, uh, fresh recourse, uh, like going through it all over again. So, um, all right. So that's a wrap on this episode. Uh, a thank you to the good people over at Fandango for sponsoring cinemageekly.com slash Fandango. Head on over there to pick yourself up some movie tickets or a gift card for the movie fan in your life. That's at cinemageekly.com slash Fandango, or click the support us link in the show notes for this episode. Um, also, head on over to cinemageekly.com to check out the archives of the show. Uh, you've got a you've got a couple of months to get short up on uh, the last season of Better Call Saul, so uh, you can head on over there to check out the archives of the show. And of course, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, and Spotify. Just search for Better Talk Saul and hit subscribe. And uh, that way, you can hear us come back in the year 2020, Glenn. I think you said what February is what it's looking like. Yeah, I think that's what they said. It was February. So, early 2020, we'll be back to talk about Season 5 of Better Call Saul. You better call Saul. He'll fight for your rights when your back's to the wall. Stick it to the man, justice for all.